is episode 36 of Otter Vic Weekly. Welcome to the place where, like, the story never ends. Hey, Ron. The next time you're freaked at me for calling you out on the Quidditch pitch. Remember that time that you stole my chocolate cultures and declared your love for the building. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Chi. I'm Meg. I'm Robert. And I'm supposed to go next. I'm Richard. I I'm Michael. Yes, I am. Wow. Yay! Yay. <laughs> These guys organized correctly. Yeah. <laughs> that was just trying to say that. I know. I'm, I, I'm breaking it in slowly. I, it's just like I gotta like, yeah, take my time. Should we start with our good news or our bad news first? Let's, bad news. let's do. Let's okay, do bad, bad news. news. Bad news. The bad news, folks, is tonight Ryan is sick and won't be joining us. He Wait, has no, a I thought that was good news. to be sick, you should sound like. So but he's very self-conscious about it, so make sure not to say anything to him about his bad nose. Words of encouragement are always nice. <laughs> yes. Um, if you would like to send flowers to Ryan, we can arrange that. Um, also, there is a quarters for cold medicine fund that we're opening up and a, uh, a charity in his name. <laughs> but also, the charity chi is actually yeah. a fake writing thing, and we're writing much about him so yes, that we can get more hair. That yeah, is exactly. sort of a get well gift because, to Ryan. Because nothing <laughs> says get well soon like uh, a fictional porn. That's <laughs> right. It helps raise the spirits. You know what I mean? And you'll get extra points if you include Ryan with one of the fictional characters. And we're In not in a grub suit. <laughs> Thank any. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay. Let's move to our good news of the week. So we'll all think about Ryan. Poor Ryan. Okay, but our good news is we have Rob, Robert, Bob. That's we all me. Know Which is no longer name. Rob of Spellcast. It's Rob of Pine. I know. It's hard for me to say that. just be Rob? Why, can't, like, why am I like attached to either of these podcasts? Like, is that very <laughs> I don't know. It's just how Ryan would always introduce you. would be like, and here's Rob of Spellcast. And now it's good. <laughs> and here's Rob of Potterfield Weekly. Potterfield Weekly. <laughs> Or poof, I think Rob. my soul is officially tied to Harry Potter fandom from here on out. When the <laughs> when the fandom dies, I die with it because uh, yeah, <laughs> it'll be on your tombstone. All right, here lies Robert. That's he was a podcast nice host of Potterfic Weekly, not Spellcast. <laughs> I, uh, I hope to uh, go out podcasting actually, just like drop dead in the middle of one of the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> She worked I hard. I not know what would happen. We'd be like, oh, her laptop shut down. Anyway. Why isn't she showing up for recordings? Damn it. <laughs> We're about to get back in tornado season, so we shall we see. Yeah, Jen and I may not make it. <laughs> oh, no. Every Ryan. year. Dun, dun, dun. Ryan is so funny. He's like, I'm not sure I want to come to the Midwest. I'm like, I know. He's like, should I bring water? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, in the Red Cross, please. It's no. really not that bad to, like, 
nine of the 12 months out of the year, but February, yeah, to, well, February to May is kind of a what bitch. What is it? February, it's late February to mid-May. Mid, mid It's sort yeah. of every day is a 50-50 yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really what's really funny about them is that you don't know when they're coming like even like with our technology today they can kind of take a guess at it but even now like they can just drop out of the sky on you which is reassuring Ryan, you should come visit me this summer (laughs) well i love we're talking about rob and now we are talking about tornadoes i love us yes yes i love us too (laughs) i missed us so how is everyone's holidays good mostly quiet Nothing blew up. I was very happy. So, yeah? Yeah. I stayed with my mother, and I'm still alive. She's still alive. <laughs> I'm still alive. No cats were killed in the process. It was a good thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I like Chi. It was really, I had a really quiet uh, holiday, and it was just kind of nice because it was just my parents and my brother. And watched a whole lot of uh, movies. I totally pwned my family in... Uh, uh, Harry Potter seen it. Uh, so all, all in all, uh, it's quite the one or two. Uh, the second edition. Mm. I'm a really funny story one. about the second edition. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's quite funny because I, uh, I was playing a group of friends and I was being cocky and it was like 10 of my friends versus me. And it was actually really close. And we got to the, we got to the final cut thing. I don't know if any of you, if for anybody who doesn't, hasn't played the game before, the final cut's kind of like the last quantum question before the game ends. And, uh, it was my turn. And I was like, this is going to be easy. It's going to be a picture of a character. It's going to come up because it said, name the character. And I'm like, I've seen these movies a billion times. I know every single character, what they look like. And all of a sudden, like this person comes in, this person comes in, this person comes in, like, like, and I thought I was like, I was like, yes, it's Barney Crouch Jr. I win, I win. And all of a sudden, it comes up with some random person that no one's ever seen before. And it was dollish. And, of course, this had to be before the, movie, the Order of the Phoenix movie came out. So nobody knew who he was. <laughs> and then my friends got the next question right and won the game. And it was horrible <laughs> because oh. I lost. And You lost it. Harry Potter seen it. I know. Just I guess game. 10 of my friends. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but all in all, uh, Christmas was a lot of fun, quiet, and quite enjoyable. Little screaming children and, like, six billion trucks and four <laughs> billion cars and racetracks <laughs> and more things for me to kill myself on. That's, and everything that grandparents said makes noise. I'm sorry. Just, I hate that. <laughs> but the kids loved it, so otherwise it was good. Yeah. It's like I told my aunt. She said to us when we were little, she sent us these little dinosaurs that you would squeeze them and they would make this really high-pitched squeal that went on for a couple of minutes. And um, so she was telling me she was complaining about Jason's, her husband's parents, sending her daughter a, a pick-me-up elbow. It goes, up, 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 like that. And I reminded her of the din- of the dinosaurs and I was like, I think somebody got what was coming to them. <laughs> yeah, she thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> well, did anybody get anything really awesome? Richard, Mike? I did, but I got abused with it. What? What? <laughs> we got, my uncle gave everybody like airsoft guns for Christmas. What's, what's nice. that? And I got a pistol and it's like they oh, shoot okay. basically plastic BBs. 
I got a pistol, which is not automatic. I have to cock it each time. But my little cousin got a shotgun. And Ouch. he comes over. He's like, here, play with this. And I'm looking at it, I'm about to get ready. And I get shot like three times by this thing. I got shot like on my back and on my arm. And I have like little red pelts on my arm still where you can see. Poor you. Poor you. But if it was fun. What the hell is an airsoft gun? <laughs> I know. Well, it's like a paintball gun, but it's instead of shooting paintballs, it shoots these little pellets of, yeah. they're like, and they hurt too when you it's get like shot crazy. with them. They're kind of like, yeah, and they, like they get all over your house. Paintball. They like shoot an eye out. Yeah, you can get yes. injured. Oh, yourself. Yeah. oh my gosh, are you serious? Okay. Yeah. How old is your little cousin that was playing with the airsoft gun? He was 10, but when I shot him back, they got mad at me. Oh. I shot him in the chest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Well, Mike sent like me a present for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. It's in Alaska. <laughs> it's terrible. I know. It's horrific. Oh. Everyone has been telling me this entire holiday, wait till you see what Mike got you. It's fantastic. You're going to love it. You're going to die. And like, so I've been like waiting with bated breath by the door every day. Like, maybe this is it. Maybe today. <laughs> so Christmas passes. And New Year's Jen, passes. you know, remember when you were trying to get me to tell you what it was? And no. I said I didn't know, so I couldn't. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm making that up. And, yeah. uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Meg. <laughs> well, I found out since then what it is. Pretty amazing. Oh, sad. Well, now the post office lady, like I talked to her today and not, she wouldn't even tell me what it is. And so, and so she made me have Mike call her <laughs> so he could talk to her about it because she couldn't tell me. I was just like, oh, <laughs> but so hopefully they will locate it and I will get that soon. However, I have to, I have to gloat about one gift that I did get. I'm sure that some of y'all already have one, but for me, it's a new thing. I got a GPS thing for my car. Yeah. Does, does anyone have one? No, no I don't have no. one. Really? Uh, I okay. actually have a sense of direction. It's not necessarily that, but I do a lot of weddings and I travel like an hour, two hours every other weekend. And like, I get lost a lot because it's just, I am directionally challenged. I am. And so anyway, I got this thing and it says, okay, you can either choose the fastest route or the shortest route to go anywhere. Now, just think about that for a second, okay? Because if you think about it for a second, imagine me thinking about that. <laughs> because Wait. I just sat and pondered fastest versus shortest. Hmm. Okay. So anyway, after much um, deliberation, I decided shortest because I am all about saving a few bucks on gas, right? You would assume shortest meant shortest physical miles while fastest is speeding wise, I guess. I mean, think about it. Honestly, compare the two. Honestly. So I'm going to Grapevine Mills Mall, which is this big mall here that everybody goes from all around to go to this one mall. I mean, we have our own few malls, but they're nowhere in comparison to this really cool mall. And I always get lost going to it because you, you take one road and you go to the airport or, and I hate getting stuck in the airport. Anyway, because I do that all the time. Um, anyway, <laughs> and um, so I'm driving the shortest route. And apparently the shortest route means everything off freeway, off highway. Fastest means everything on the freeway and on the highway. Does that make sense? 
Well, I didn't know it. So, like, I'm driving through the ghetto <laughs> to <laughs> mall. <laughs> and, like, it's one of those ones that has text, by speech, whatever. So it says, turn right in 200 miles. And then you get there, and it says, turn right now. And then, like, if you miss it, it goes, you have missed your turn. Recalculating. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so, anyway, so. Like, I missed a turn because it was confusing because it's one of those turns that you can turn right, you can turn, you know, it's one of the, there's like three rights you can take, like, which right do you do? Um, The road splits, that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. so I just took one and it like totally got lost. My GPS got lost, which I didn't think would happen, but you're going one way and it says redirecting. And so you turn and then it goes redirecting and like, so you turn again and it's like redirect, like it has no idea where it is. So anyway, so I'm going in circles here and I get pulled over by a policeman and I've got my mom and my sister in the car and the policeman says, I've noticed that you're going around in circles. Are you looking for the missing puppy? I go, what puppy? Like, I'm like, think, I'm like I thinking, now. did I see? I know. <laughs> I am now. <laughs> so I'm like looking for the puppy. Well, I'm like, so, so no, I was like, no, I'm not looking for a puppy. I was like, my GPS is making me go in circles. And so he was like, oh, okay, well, let me take a look. <laughs> so I gave him the GPS and I'm like trying to explain to him the nonsense of shortest versus fastest, fastest. And so like, he's this nice guy and like, what kind of police officer seriously goes around and looks for a poor little dog? Like, how cool is that in the Metroplex? So I end up getting, I go, go again. I start going and like, there's a Dunkin' Donut or not Dunkin' Donuts, Krispy Kreme. Okay. We don't have Krispy Kremes in Azel. Like it's a huge treat to get a Krispy Kreme donut. Cause you know, they give them to you hot off the press, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. We're familiar <laughs> really? with the Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. <laughs> so anyway, so I pull off into, and my GPS is yelling at me like, don't turn <laughs> here. You're turning the wrong damn way. You idiot. Like, so, so I'm turning into Krispy Kremes. And like, then it totally gets lost again, redirecting, redirecting. <laughs> so I end up going in another, and the same damn cop sees me again and pulls me over again because he obviously knows I'm so lost. It's ridiculous because I've been going in a circle for like an hour because the sirens <laughs> on when he pulls you over. Yeah. Scares over. me to death. Like I thought, damn, we just had him. Like I thought it was a different cop, honestly, until he pulls up and he, I was like, Oh, puppy cop. And he was like, yeah. And, um, so anyway. <laughs> puppy cop. <laughs> So, so anyway, he gave me the directions and we turned the GPS off and that's my GPS story. Wait, it's so I got not a question then. This, this is, is this a mall that is in your hometown? Um, well, I don't think there's such a thing as your hometown in a Metroplex. That's true. I, does that, is that, I don't know. Like it's in a diff, it's in a suburb of Dallas. I live in a suburb of Fort Worth, so I have to go through a lot of suburbs to get to Grapevine without going through the Fort Worth Dallas area. I was backroading it. That's a good way to say That's it. I was true. backroading it in the Metroplex, which isn't exactly dirt roads and all that. It's very big highways and freeways and anyway. I've got to learn. This is so sad. I have to learn how to use my GPS so that I can help it can help me drive rather than just get me lost. And thank the Lord for puppy cops. Anyway, yeah. enough with the GPS talk. Let's get into the shoebox project. Speak now or forever hold your shoebox peace. Oh, I completely forgot about one of the gifts I got for Christmas. I uh, I got dress robes for Christmas. It was really, really quite... Yeah, I got dress robes. It's kind of funny because um, 
my mom does uh, sewing and stuff. And it was, it was kind of funny because I remember opening, like my mom's like, here's my gift to you. And I was like, okay. And I open it. And, um, all of a sudden I see like, this, like, like this tux vest and this tie and like these cufflinks. And I was like, wow. I'm thinking to myself, wow, did they get me a tux? And then I, and I pulled out, I set that off to the side and all of a sudden I pull out this like huge thing of fabric. And I'm like, what are you going to make the tuxedo? And she says, no, that's, that, that, that's, I want to make a robe for you for your little thing in Chicago next summer. And I'm like, Oh, you're making me dress robes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, people That's get, so cool. no, I get, I get wizarding robes. So I mean, wizarding <laughs> dress robes, which is cooler so though. Her, Yours are awesome. I got granny, <laughs> granny panties, pajamas, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I, I was too, like, so. wow. <laughs> Panties as it is. Hey, Matt, I don't need any. Hmm? Regina, I want to rate how good a mother you are by what present you got here. <laughs> We're judging you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, I got him like every mobile car thing. Oh, and I've got him this like Spider Man thing that sings, and I don't think it sings. Yeah, it's Spider Man, Spider-Man, and it sings um, Itsy Bitsy Spider, which is really? kind of weird. Aww. She really yes. likes it. It's kind of creepy oh. to me, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I look at it and I, I don't like it, but no one likes it. So, uh-huh. so am I a good mother? Did I pass the test? Pass the test. Yes. Seeing spider. That's a push it over. If you the get top. creepy dolls for your kids, <laughs> you rock. <laughs> Great. <laughs> hey, if I put up with creepy dolls because my kids like them, I think that you know once. That some makes points. you good parents. There you go. Mike oh. was so afraid of the granny pajamas conversation, he immediately went over to Noah's <laughs> toys. <Yeah. laughs> okay. okay, let's talk about the Vic. Let's do that. So let's talk about the Vic. I can concentrate on. These are some great guys chats. Molly, so weren't what? those two guys Molly's brothers, or was I confused? The uh, Pruitt or the Pruitt, or whatever their names are? Yeah, they're yeah. her brothers. Uh, her, okay. Yeah. That's what confused me. The sister they were talking about wasn't Molly. So I was like, was I getting something. No, I thought there was an there's a sister Annie. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So is Molly older yeah, or was, younger? She was I, older. I was in, she, yeah. Okay. Annie was the baby, I think. These are some of the best chapters, I think. And oh this is Chi's favorite. Chi, I think you should start because this one is your favorite chapter and you've talked about it since day one. I know. I read chapter eleven and I sent Jen I was reading it as I was talking to Jen, or and there was one time when I've read this chapter several times. I go back and I read just chapter 11 over and over and over and over again. It's just so, it's, it's funny. It's just, it's hilarious. It always makes me laugh. It, there's like something on every page. And um, it's, you know, definitely not anything like, you know, <clears throat> actually smoking weed is like, so. I thought that uh, <laughs> hmm, I would have any experience with that. I think that, uh, I don't know. I just, I love this chapter. And not only is it funny, there's so many layers of things, you know, for example, I really love the um, end scene where um, Sirius is laying on Ramus's lap and Ramus is scratching Sirius's head. And there's a really, really great paragraph that I just want to start the um, show off with. I'm going to go find it, and then uh, we can talk about it. 
Hrung. Serious snores. I like to remember everything, Remus says very quietly, so as not to wake him. As it was. Because moments by themselves aren't enough. They're just... They're like photographs. They move a little, they wave, but they aren't everything. You can look back on a moment and say, in that moment, I was happy. Or, more often than not, in that moment, I was uncomfortable. Or, in that moment, I was sad. Or, in that moment, we were all Burks. But you can look back on everything and think, that was good. Because when all the moments come together, when all the songs meet up with one another, you get something whole and complete and wonderful. People you loved and people you hated and a fondness for them, you may not be able to capture, but everything you remember about them being somehow more than they really were. Because that's what remembering everything does. When I'm old, I think I'll look back on this and I won't remember that time Sirius thought if he lit a fart on fire, he could make a star come out of his arse. But I'll probably remember the stars themselves. I won't think he nearly choked me when he grabbed onto my tie. But I will think about the stupid doggy noses you're making, even right now, even while you're sleeping. It probably means remembering everything and not jumping from moment to moment, like life is a game of leapfrog, and should be taken experience to experience like lily pads is foolish. Because I won't remember you're off in a burke, and James is off in a burke, and Peter can be impressively inane. And I am such a wet blanket, with such a large nose, it's a miracle you don't hate me. I'll just remember that I talked for five minutes to a friend who was already sleeping, and I was happy anyway. Ramus pauses, sighs, and thumbs the side of Sirius's jaw, not noticing the path of his fingers. You're not going to remember any of this, which is probably good, since this, my friend, is definitely babble. I hate Gillyweed. It makes you think everything is profound, when in reality, you're talking to yourself, and no one else can translate the language that is you. I'm so glad that you brought that up, because I wrote that in my notes, too. I've actually written out this paragraph, because... I thought it was such a fantastically intelligent way to look back on how people remember stuff. I mean, do they, I don't, I can't even tell you how many days I've just sat back and just thought about one particular moment or one particular instance in my life where I have to think and the whole surrounding of that one memory is so sad or so happy that I can't, I like, I'd yeah. rather look back on everything as a whole because it, it's easier that way, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I love how well, they have... The you authors really have defining moments, you know? I right. think is the point he's making. Yeah. Well, the authors, they, they do such a fantastic job in putting to words things that I could not ever grasp the concept enough to even think about putting them into words. And when I read it, like, I know that they always say the best, best authors, the authors that do this, is when you're reading... And suddenly some issue that you may have thought about or may not have thought about is so perfectly clear that you can relate to it and it makes perfect sense. And yet Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's something that you could never have found the words to put in it into words yourself. Yeah. And this was one of those moments for me. I mean, this is very a poignant thing for me, even, you know, whenever something is whenever something is changing in my life, I, I kind of think about this chapter. Ramus is very reflexive on his Hogwarts experience as a whole, which he alone is kind of grasping is coming to an end sometime soon. It's just, it makes you think. And that's what the best type of writing does. And everything leading up to this chapter just has you 
rolling. You're in tears. You know, it's so funny. And then there's this moment, this one scene between Remus and Sirius, which is so perfect. It literally hurts when I read it. It's like, I wish I could write something that well. But at, at the same time, I have to say, at this point, it's so physical. These four boys are so physical with each other. And yet I never felt at this point that it was told that this was going to be a smut fic. I never no. thought that it was. And I, even at this point, I didn't think that it was going to be a slash fic. I thought, really, I know I'm a little slow. Oh. But when I first <laughs> read it, when I first read it, I, ca- I remember thinking, because I didn't grow up with a lot of boys. I mean, I had my sister and had all my little girlfriends. And I didn't really have a lot of friends who were guys until later on. And even then, ne- girls really, I don't think, never know what boys are like when they're just around other boys. And I know in reading this, it makes me wonder, like, are boys like this? And then, like, I really don't want to know the answer because in my mind, I like the imagery so much. I like that they can be as comfortable with each other as I know some girls are. So I don't know. I, I have to say, like, and I really would like to talk about the physicality a little bit of this chapter. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of things. I, I really feel that the best discussion for this these few chapters if, is if we go chapter by chapter. Because yeah. there's so much in this chapter that I want to talk about. But one of the main ones that I want to bring up first is the the aspect of the physicality between the characters. What do you, What do y'all think? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, knowing the fact, I mean, that we know the fact that um, eventually this does become a slash fic. I mean, it makes it a little bit more, it makes it more understandable. I mean, if you know that eventually that they have interests with each other or whatnot, and then that makes sense. If, if it, if it would turn out not to be a slash fic, then I would say it was, it would be a little bit odd because and granted, I can only speak through my personal life experiences and whatnot and through the friendships that I've had. But in all of my life experiences, I have never, ever, ever had, like, I've never seen a group of guy friends be that physical with each other. Like, I've, I mean, <clears throat> my best friend of the past 15 years, like, I don't know. I mean, I've never, like, randomly laid on him for the heck of it. Even when you haven't like right, you haven't run your fingers through his hair. No, and yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So it's like say it out loud. It sounds so stupid, but I don't know. Well, no. I mean, granted, another thing to keep in mind here is that they are also, for all intents and purposes, ridiculously high. So, I mean, obviously, people do things (laughs) differently when they're high. So, I mean. Um, yeah. now I had, there hasn't been a couple, there's been a couple situations where I've been with my friends under certain influences of certain drugs, but, what? um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying which drug, I'm not saying I if they're no legal or not. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but, um, about alcohol, of course. that's legal. Yeah. <laughs> alcohol. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, actually just, yeah, mostly alcohol, but anyway, um, yeah, I just, I've, I've He's never not- seen. Like I would never rant, like play with my friend's hair. Like if my, if I tried playing with my friend's hair, drunk, high, whatever, um, I get the crap beaten out of me. And and I I just want to clarify that my friends and I are not like homophobic in any sense of in any sense of anything. But it's it's just you don't do it, and it's just kind of like yeah. That's why I kind of had a little bit of an issue with it. If it wasn't for the fact that we kind of know down the line that this does become a slash fic. 
I, I was just basically agreeing with Robert in that in terms of what I've never seen my friends do, basically. But I do think that, I think maybe part of the reason they have them so touchy in this chapter is so that a couple of chapters later when uh, things become more awkward, the difference is so pronounced. In that chapter when he's at the uh, Potter's house, you compare that to what's going on now, and it underlines kind of the strain. I'm so glad we have some boys here to give that male perspective, because I would have been like, gee, don't you think boys are like this? And she would have been like, yeah. <laughs> and Meg would have been like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I don't know if I've ever written boys that way, though. Because, you know, yeah. even Harry and Ron are very pat pat on the shoulder type of, you know, type of vibe there. I, I think, yeah. I thought was one of the first big signs to me that this was going to be a slash fic. It was just how very touchy both Ramus and Sirius were. Especially well, so the James, though. Peter for that. Yeah, all, all four of the boys are pretty touchy. All four and... are very touchy, yeah. Uh, they're touchy feels. Well, and naked a lot. But you have to remember this is also the 70s. <laughs> this is also the 70s, and I think that has a lot yeah. to do with it. Um, I just, yeah, I'm so true. sad that everyone knows that it's a smut piece because I... When I read it, I read it differently because I didn't know it was a smut piece. But I feel bad for everyone else that's reading it because they don't ever get to experience it that because every touch, every, you know, eye glance, they're going to take it a certain way now. Well, I didn't. In the beginning, I didn't. You didn't tell me it was a slash pick. Remember? Well, Well, I'm glad uh, that I didn't. Yeah, exactly. But, um. Yeah, the physicality of it is kind of interesting. And I, it was something that I always attributed to the era or the fact that yeah, two women were right. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Too. I don't that, or the fact that it w- does end up as a slash fic. That might have <laughs> yeah. nothing to do but with it. But at the same time, I don't think that the slash fic is the total point of the story. I, I mean, this isn't the story. No. It's not a slash fic. It, there is a slash couple in the fic, but it's a story right. about the Marauder. But it's That's not it total really sensuality out. yet. Yeah, it sort of it's is because it's sex and it's very point. touchy. It's sort of very See, though, touchy. I take yeah. it very because Sirius it's is touching. a dog that feels good. Right? But yeah. he's a puppy. He's a puppy. And so it kind of felt to me like Remus was like just scratching a puppy. It's what I think it's what they wanted it to come across like. Did y'all get that? Yeah. yeah. I, well, it came, well, we came very much obviously across. some foreshadowing. I mean,. <laughs> I like Meg. She reads everything with a wink. <laughs> She's like, I have one to you. <laughs> Peter and James are doing Shut the same up. thing. I love you, Meg. <laughs> I can't help it. I always there's always a hidden agenda and hopefully it's that. <laughs> Leather. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Oh anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that was such appropriate timing, G too. Sorry. <laughs> oh. I'm just saying. Uh, what did y'all think of the molecules conversation? Oh my god. I was it took me I seriously have had this conversation with a friend of mine. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Uh, we were both deadly serious at the time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I was laughing really, really hard. This is so funny. Because this was like, I, I, I was, I was rapist in this situation. (laughs) But yeah, it was, it was a kind of fun one. Yeah. Mm. 
I don't, uh, that's a special occasion thing for me. <laughs> for my friend, it's like a nightly ritual. <laughs> but I'm yeah. not sure I have no idea what you're referring to, but. Um. Exactly. <laughs> I have to say that I I adore James's conversation here, even though it's like broken up about how he is talking about Lily, and I love how oh, he described it. Isn't that great? I love the part with the little bones in her wrist. So oh. <laughs> I like that so he notices. I like how Sirius keeps bringing it back to something yeah. else because that's like <laughs> such a dead giveaway yeah <laughs> wait no let's talk about boobs because I think about them all the time really really I do I promise that's what I'm thinking about every day but, <laughs> okay. well I like that Where Peter was like big boobs oh, I like big <laughs> I don't know that's so uh, unrealistic for a guy conversation speaking personally that's really? keep bringing yeah. it back to the rest to be honest but it's like boobs. serious Serious keep trying to go back to that to me is like a sign that he doesn't really think about them as often as. But see, that's because you went into the story with the mindset that this is smut, that it's slash. I mean, I did, honestly, I did not go into it that way. I mean, really? I didn't go into it thinking this is slash. I'm reading a slash fic. <laughs> I just went into reading. Okay, and then, Yay. but I mean, I I know that. But, okay, I don't really read any fic out there that I'm not sure about without thinking that maybe Remus and Sirius are going to get together at some point. It's mm-hmm, a pretty common yeah. ship. That's true. Actually, there's one line here that totally cracks me up because I remember actually having this conversation with Ryan <laughs> when I was on um, some pain medication. Um, <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> Peter starts out, he says, because nothing else is about this conversation has been stupid. Thank God you're here to keep our standards up. Oh, God. Listen to the prefect. Why don't you go and tell it us if you're just going to lower your metabolism over everyone? Shit. That's the funniest <laughs> word. Metabolism. 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 like, don't say it. It's stupid if you say it. <laughs> exactly. Don't tell mm-hmm. everyone how high you are. It's stupid. I've actually told somebody that. No, my favorite, my favorite uh, paragraph of this thing, besides the one that that she wrote, is the one where they're talking about the um, the French. Do you speak French? And he, they're like, not very well. I tried so I could read Voltaire and that and that, but I got all mixed up with German in my head. And then I got Sirius has already forgotten what they were talking about and considers the closest thing to his eye rocks. People build things out of rocks towers and that sort of thing but a rock never says i should like to be part of a tower does it no it's just a rock rocks can't talk how many rocks would have liked to be something else like a huge statue of buddha or a little something else made of rock or nothing at all maybe just a rock on the riverbank or something gathering mud maybe it's no better than slavery (laughs) and ramus is like uh maybe (laughs) Oh, like, I do I, that. I talk like that. That's me. There. I have a, I have Joe, um, the spellcast <laughs> editor reading this no. story. And, um, he sent me this paragraph the other day that he really liked. He's like, um, it's James. And I like this paragraph a lot too. He's like, it's just that I fancy her. I really fancy her. Not her molecules or anything silly like that. The whole of her. 
She's wicked. I mean, she's absolutely wicked. I don't think you know what it's like to talk to a girl who's willing to kiss you afterward, who's just wicked when you're talking to her. Like, like a friend. (laughs) I I love that part, too. And he's like, girls can be your friend. Girls can be your friend? What? (laughs) I remember having the same conversation being a young teenager about boys, though. Well, you're very much in that Harry Met Sally type of mindset where... I was Men more like, not what? Friends. You kiss boys? Ugh. Anyway. Girls <laughs> <laughs> are cooties. Yeah, I was going to say, um, good old cooties. Yeah. No, you know what is cure to that is the circle, circle, dot, dot, and I have a cootie shot. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I remember getting those cootie shots all the time in elementary school. <laughs> Just, they never they work. <laughs> yeah, I know. They, it's so sad. Let's move on. I think this was the first chapter that they use a lot of cussing that I noticed. That yeah, the language yeah. just got really in your face. For yeah. Barn, can I ask a question? I know yeah. I had a big break between chapter 10 and chapter 11. So am I missing something? Or do we not find out why Lily and James broke up? Because last thing I remember, they were doing that nice little tea together. And now suddenly they're not together like the next chapter. Yeah, because of uh, she thought James was in on it about Snape, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, that was, that's okay. why. Is there anything else that you want to talk about in this specific chapter? Because I know it's it's a love of yours. It's a love of mine. But I love the things that I love about oh, it. I like the so, Beatle talk. Like, oh, the yeah. Beatle no, talk. Beatle talk. Beatle. 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 <laughs> like what? <laughs> I just love. I just love how they write. You know, Ramus trying desperately to hold on to sanity <laughs> in you know very. Uh, difficult like the situation. drunk person who's convinced that they're sober. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that he's definitely getting a. Um... <laughs> I think what I really like about this chapter is the fact that this is the first chapter I felt that was just brutally honest with slang with the way that they talked like for example just like in the first the very beginning where Sirius is waking him up and he's kissing James and blah, 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 blah. And it, Sirius says something like, you're so ungrateful. I got you a present. And James is like, is it a kiss? And, and Sirius says, do you want it to be? And he <laughs> says, no, how about we ante it up to a blue job? It's <laughs> just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Which I yeah. thought was hysterical. <laughs> I love how he's talking about, you know, he's, he was mentioning that the, uh, the black family motto is toujours per which means always pure. And he's like, yeah, as the pure driven snow. <laughs> Nothing mixed in. I was having so, fits. I want to ask my fellow guys. I mean, have you ever propositioned a friend for oral sex? Because <laughs> I know I haven't. Well, for that, have you propositioned a, a girl for that? What? <laughs> you have a girl for that? I know. That's horrible. what happens with me. Up a girl hey, for that. you're a good friend. Hey, it's my birthday. How about you? <laughs> Well, joking, joking manner, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, it's not a not like seriously. Hey, will you please, you know, get on your knees now or whatever? But (laughs) (laughs) oh my god! However, whichever, whichever language you kill me. (laughs) So it's sort of. This is a good chapter. I do, I do. Actually, there's one little part that I want to talk about real fast so we can move on to chapter 12. Sirius and Ramus are having a conversation about how they never have conversations. And um, <laughs> I love the, the, the play on words. He goes, but do you know, I don't think we've ever had a real conversation. 
Sirius, you are so high you couldn't tell a conversation from a giraffe, Remus says. Come on, I think you should go to bed. This is it, see? Sirius throws his arm backwards as if to point an accusing finger, but it wobbles to Remus's left for a while and then collapses. There we have it. Give the man a trophy. It's all witticisms until someone loses an eye. You are incoherent, <laughs> Remus says sharply. You are like a cabbage, Sirius says. Remus gapes at him. Like a cabbage with leaves on top of more leaves. Except you're like an endlessly regenerating cabbage. Every time someone eats a leaf, you get another one. If you ever want to have a conversation with somebody, they can't be cabbagey about it. Do you think if someone farted enough, they could make their own star? It's all gases, isn't it? We've had conversations, <laughs> Remus insists into his chest. We've had many conversations. Name one you didn't correct my use of who and whom in, Remus winces. Or one that didn't involve you piping up with a fact or a quote or a denial of your participation. Or any number of library admonishments. It's bloody hard to talk with all this much gillyweed in you, but you wouldn't know that. You always know your admo from your ammo, and you always will. <laughs> and it just goes on like that. And I think it's an interesting insight into Sirius and Remus' <laughs> relationship. Because this is the first insight that we have that Sirius is not... Sirius is almost as uncomfortable as Ramus is sometimes around each other. They're comfortable, but they're not comfortable. Kind of a, a weird paradox. Well, because they haven't been introduced to each other in a romantic way yet. Like, it's like, right, just awkward. Right. right. But right. I don't necessarily see it any different than, like, how I was at 13 starting to really notice boys and, you know, not really know what to do with them and how to talk to them. And Yeah. I think I think that they portray that awkward age perfectly. I think so too. This next chapter, twelve, is my favorite. Absolutely, is, my somebody. Favorite. Eleven is my favorite. Twelve is your favorite. <laughs> I think I just love McGonagall. I think in this story, I think she's such a hard character to write. Interestingly, I think, and yeah. I love how she flirts with Sirius. There is nothing in the world that I would rather read than him throwing himself at her. What? I think it's, it's hilarious. It is really funny. I think maybe it's sort of like my. Because I sort of like the Hermione serious ship, and sometimes oh, I love that ship. Love me it. with basically anybody but Ron. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, me too. That's great. Right? Wow. <laughs> well, the only reason for that is because I want Ron for me. Oh yeah. I mean. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, really, after the end is pretty much one of the only Ron Hermione that I I like because Ron is such a push her up against the wall kind of wrong. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite. Okay, let's just talk about the interviews really quickly. James, I like that he goes in there and he goes, to me, he is the most down-to-earth guy, the most mature, and yet when asked what he wants to do for, for a living as a grown-up, he can't, he's the only one who actually admits to not wanting to get past Hogwarts. He likes the age that he's at right now. He doesn't want to grow. Yeah. He's kind of like your pan. Did y'all get yeah. that? Is it what you mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's James probably part good- of the reason why his um, relationship with Lily is stalled at the moment. Because things haven't happened yet that will change James's perception on life enough to that, enough to where he can be with Lily. That's the real root of the problem is that they're in two different places right now. And that's kind of what this kind of demonstrates. That's the subtext of what Which I got. Anyway, is a from typical problem for sixteen-year-old boys and girls because girls yeah. are just, you know, advanced at that age, and boys aren't. I, like I wouldn't say they're more advanced; they just say they're different. I mean, that's it's like a fact. <laughs> I, I remember. I'm with Rob on this one. 
<laughs> no. Okay. See, if you guys can't admit to it, then you're not past that stage yet. <laughs> I see. So we'll be with you. I think of this conversation I mean, very much like how I was contemplating going to college from high school. You're ready to go to college, and yet the concept of it is completely terrifying. And you can't even think about it, really, because you can't see anything other than, like, the bubble that you're living in. And I think that this line is so profound, and yet it's so goofy. But it's so funny where, where McGonagall is telling him, well, you realize that Hogwarts isn't all there is. And the line is, well, James scoffs. I knew that under McGonagall's terrifying stare, he blanches. I just didn't know it, he adds quietly, quieting, you know. And I'm like, he knows it, but he can't grasp it yet. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love all the characterizations of. I wish that this was the way that they were characterizing canon. Oh, it, me it, I mean, it really is. But I just, I adore every every um, creative decision they made character wise in this story. I agree. I, I just think it's perfect. The more I read yeah. series of this together, the more I like it. Well, even yeah. with James's character, do y'all see, like, he goes from, I like transfiguration to, I want to be a superhero. And, yeah. <laughs> like, I to do. me, I thought that was so funny. But I love that James can turn, be Remus for a moment, and he can also be serious. I think he contem- he compliments them both very well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I haven't fully figured out James's character yet. I see him as a blend of other characters. It's sort of like well, Harry, actually, with Ron and it's Hermione. It's very much like Harry, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little blend of them. Ron and Hermione and Harry were like the purified trio. Do you see what I mean? Like what James and Remus and Sirius could have been without Peter. Right. Ooh. Does that I make sense? I felt bad for Peter in this, I have to say. Yeah, I felt really I bad for sorry Peter, for too. Him in his interview. I feel like she treated him pretty poorly, I thought. Treated like crap. They're like, oh, yeah, you'll be a painter. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else I find really cool jobs for you. <laughs> well, well I mean, like, I, I'm good at toast. What do you say to that? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, James, like, I'm good at quidditch stunts, and I want to be a, whatever was it, a spandex a... suit. But she kind of worked with that, you know, but with Peter, she just kind right. of like, Yeah, it's like she just well, wrote I... him off, like, right from the beginning. Well, well I, I think she's the problem with Peter is yeah. that, you know, everybody just kind of viewed him as a tag-along. You know, teachers aren't perfect, and... He's painfully sad. He has nothing that he contributes that is him, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that she's, McGonagall is, you know, frustrated that Peter is not a independent person. He could not function on his own. That would be very I don't think she can relate. Yeah. Granted, it also didn't help his case it. that uh, he also, first thing out of his mouth is, so what would James pick? So yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I can see McGonagall's frustration. But at the same time, I don't know. I yeah. I wonder if she uh, views him as pulling James and, and them down rather than looking at it from Peter's viewpoint that they could pull him up. But I could understand it, though. Yeah. But Jen has been a teacher before, guys. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I understand where she comes from, actually. Where, yeah, where McDonald's coming from. You, I mean, at some point, at, at, a, at when they're 16... You you can't force them to think for themselves anymore. I guess for me, it was more like I got the sense that she was judging him. It, it wasn't so much that she gave up on him becoming his own person so much as that there was sort of like this level of judgment, which I, I kind of felt like, like, why does he betray everyone later on? You know, he's kind of like, because everyone found him wanting. They're all so mean to mm-hmm. him, poor guy. I think she thought of him more as more like mentally challenged. 
Just one of those people who's a lost cause that you don't have the patience to deal with. She just wrote him off that way. Resources, you know, right? I mean, special ed programs in Hogwarts, like (laughs) no child left behind. (laughs) I don't think he's that bad. Is he? I mean, he's getting. Uh, I I think that Remus and James and Lily get him through his grades. Well, yeah, Yeah, that's what they're implying in this story. Special. He's just not particularly bright (laughs) compared to the best students in the class. Average. I think him sort of like like crab. Yeah, I don't know. I just see him as sort of pathetic. I think because I hate him, but that's besides me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like no sympathy. Yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm glad you said it because you guys are like, oh, I feel kind of bad for him. I'm like, "Mm -hmm, no. (laughs) I know. I don't hate him. That's just like saying, like you, you know that you know the direction that the character is going to end up and go and end up at. I mean that you're just, I mean, it's kind of like kind of watching yeah, Star Wars, see, seeing the little kid, and it's like, oh, it's Darth Vader, I hate him, and it's just like you, you got to give the Aww, character he's a so chance. Cute. How could anybody? Darth Vader came around in the end, so that's different. He, he did, yeah. he did, and Pettigrew choked himself uh, to death. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> Okay, but I, what, but like, as a tag along, unless people had treated him as sort of this pathetic, hopeless guy, he might have turned exactly. out differently too. Yeah, right, but you can't mean, blame your actions in life on how people treat you. Yeah, exactly. No, you can't, I think we're all ultimately we are all ultimately but, responsible for our own development. Correct. But at the same time, you also have to keep, you also have to keep in consideration that, I mean, people doing, you can't just, I mean, not everyone blocks out the entire world. And there are some people who have lower self-esteems, kind of like Peter, who will take everything people say and then just run with it. And unfortunately, they were raised that way. They were raised to have low self-esteem. I mean, part of it is definitely, you do come to an age where you have to make a choice. But at some mm-hmm. point, you do blame the parents. You do blame growing up, and and it does change the outcome of the child depending on how they grew up. Right. Yeah, like, look at his uh, mom. Right. His mom's a little. She's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, I but guess it's I feel a little like too easy wish... to blame the mother. <laughs> I'm I mean, but think of all the all, think of all the things in, that were positive in Peter's life, though. I mean, from well, yeah, his I'm perception, a... I mean, I'm somebody else probably a... had to make it aware to him that he was not being treated very well. He doesn't make that. On his own. I think that the way that Peter handled his feelings is Peter's fault. It's not the fault of Peter's upbringing. It's not James and Lily and Ramos's and Sirius's fault. It's not McGonagall's fault. In the end, of the, at the end of the day, Peter is the one that made the decision. And he right, was. Those things didn't help. I agree with you. It didn't help. I think the difference but is. But cause that, it. Right. The difference is the fact, the fact that he made the wrong decision in the end doesn't excuse earlier in his life people treating him poorly. You can't excuse his actions later on. Right, I'm saying that, I mean, it was wrong how they treated him, but you cannot excuse, you can't, they're not mutually exclusive. I'm not saying that, you know, you have to excuse James and Sirius and and Ramus for not treating him like an equal partner, but at the same time, you can't just go, oh, well, he was a puppy that was kicked all of his life, and so it's okay if he walks into school with a gun. That doesn't make sense. Well, no, we're not justifying it. We're not saying that. that Uh, We're just saying I do believe that circumstances do 
I think I in, don't in think they influence outcomes. I just don't think they excuse outcomes. No, I well, agree. I, my, yeah, I, I, what I think is, I think the problem is that we're thinking too far ahead. Because just like what how he's treated now doesn't excuse what he does later on. What he does later on doesn't excuse other characters from treating him like they do as a kid. Like they're too exactly. That's what I was getting at. But I still don't like him. So there. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't like, I don't like that type of person in general. Like, even if I didn't oh, yeah. know how Peter was, you know, I just don't, I don't, I literally cannot stand people who do, cannot think for themselves. I have a McGonagall problem. Cause I have, I had a friend that I was a friends with, um, up through mid, uh, up through the beginning of middle school. And then she got another friend that would just tell her everything, like, you know, what was cool, like where she could sit, what she could eat, you know, and th- this friend kind of dictated everything that she did. And I, we had to, I just couldn't be friends with her anymore because I couldn't stand not see her think for herself. So it's not just that, you know, oh my God, he's Peter and he betrayed the Potters because I understand that this is fiction and I can separate myself from it. It's just that that type of person I is so frustrating to me. I, on I the other hand, just like him because he betrayed the Potters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I have a loyalty issue with that and I don't yeah. like him. At the same time, I want to applaud the authors because they didn't just write him like, oh, Peter, no, no, no. It's you know, against wrote the him unbelievable. No, no, no. I know. I wasn't saying that at all, Meg. I wasn't mm-hmm. implying that. No, because I, I mean, I think they do a really good job of if you're going to have a marauder fic, Peter has to be in it. And you have to see why James and Remus and Sirius would have been friends with him. So yeah. I like that. I Bad. just don't like him as a yeah. character, but that doesn't mean I don't want him in a fic. Does that make well, sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I, I don't like Draco way. either, but I want him in like every fic I read. Me too, in leather. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about Remus though for a little bit. In leather. Ooh, Never. baby. Something to say. <laughs> I have to say something about Remus. Okay, here we go. So I was telling my friend that they um they're testing me for lupus. She goes, "Chi, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I'm gonna have a really hard time keeping a straight face if you have lupus." <laughs> Given your love for Remus Lupin, and I was like, I had never thought of it that way. But now, if I have it, I'm just gonna like be laughing hysterically. The doctor's gonna be like, "Okay, yeah, it's really you could die." No, <laughs> thanks. Jeez. I, but I was like, she's yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. She's like, I'm just gonna laugh. I was like, me too. Well, I like that he goes in with a list. Me you too. know, he's got his, he's got librarian. I like that he has it like start. And this is another, like, I like that they show us the list. They don't just type it out. Yeah. It actually looks like, and I like the very end. It's like, what about historian work? Is that financially stable? Ask Professor McGonagall. I like that McGonagall is like, you're the only boy who has the list. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my you God. can tell yeah. that, she, that he's the only one that she actually, like, respects. I don't know. Respect is not a good word because I think she respects James and, and, and Sirius, but I think that she, she views Ramus as an adult and she views James and Sirius as little boys. Maybe that's, that's it. I think she's very, and flattered isn't the word, but I think that they are extremely amusing to her. Yes. Especially Sirius. Yeah. I think she's completely amused by him. And she plays along, and I think that's hilarious. We were all astounded by it, but there was so much in canon that McGonagall was one of the characters that constantly surprised me, and I love when she surprises me in fan fiction. How did she surprise you? In canon? Yeah, or either one. Either one. Yeah, both. There's a couple of scenes. Yeah. 
un- it unscrews the other way. That's one of my favorite lines. Have another biscuit, Potter. Um, <laughs> you know, this I is like a good that. chapter for Master Fake, I think. How fun would the interviews be? Oh, my God. Yes. That would be so funny. I called that dibs we- on the gone. <laughs> okay. We have to. I think we have to do it because it's so funny. It's just so hilarious. It's just like. Uh, but serious would have to be perfect. Yeah, we'd have to find somebody really because good for serious. he's such a little flirt. He's somebody I would just die to date. I think. Yeah, serious would be a that, good guy to date. Serious would not be a good guy to like get married to. Raven is not babies with. Serious is somebody I move in with. Serious is somebody move in with. Is that what you just said? <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did. With I know he's not somebody. Remus is the guy I would marry. And Sirius is the guy I would have an affair with. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I know just what you think. On Scrub, I would so marry JD, but I would have an affair with Dr. Cox. Oh, oh me yeah. too. That's so yeah. right. Yeah. What is I his name? Definitely want some Dr. Cox. Cox. I, would, I want to be his wife. Sorry, guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, um, let's talk about Sirius and his flimsy nightwear. <laughs> yes. And what is the curse breaker? What is it? I mean, everybody's like, I just want it. And Sirius is like, I want it for the pay. And James is like, I want it to be a superhero. Like, they're both retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I want it for the pay. <laughs> Sirius is so realistic, but like he's so serious sometimes. <laughs> Sirius is very. I think Sirius probably should have been on medicine. Like he's kind of my ruler. I'm not gonna lie. Take, my take favorite line on medicine. <laughs> my favorite line is, "I feel your longing. Elope with me. We shall see the pyramids together." I'm gonna use that line now. Haven't you ever had a friend like that, though, who said things like that to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that La Belle Dame sans merci. It's it's so funny. I love how they incorporate, you know, everything. French and... Oh, it's just fantastic. (laughs) And I love that... And and Lily comes in and she's like, yeah, I'll go kick his butt for you. (laughs) She's like, do you want me to curse him? (laughs) Oh, my God. thinks about it. This is like my favorite exchange. Always business, Sirius says mournfully. Very well. You can deny your feelings all you like, Professor. But one day your passions will overpower that shell of intellect within which you hide. Oh my god. Do you know, Mr. Black, McGonagall says, if you were not my student, and as such lacking very much in the way of credibility and intimidations, I would be very frightened for my life, as you were obviously unhinged. Sirius his leg against the arm of the chair. The way you talk, guys, speaks volumes of untold passion. I burned inside that our love should be so unconsummated, but our desire so fast. These are lovely words, gotta go admit. Have you been studying? Every second I was not tutoring those darling little nightmares, the Slytherin first year. In that which you first instructed me those many moons ago. Sirius presses a fluttering hand to his chest. Ah, be still, my heart. In this final moment of seduction, you will have your home soon, within the bosom of your love. Mr. Black, (laughs) McGonagall cuts in. (laughs) 
Good day. Oh, it just cracks me up. <laughs> my, no, my favorite is the Lily line. Did he talk about his? What is it? What's the actual line? Oh, uh, which did they want? Superhero <laughs> or Quidditcher? And 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 did he talk about his rubber suit extensively? Okay, you're right. That's so master as a career. <laughs> She's just like retarded. <laughs> oh, I love Lily. They're all so good, and the pictures are so good in this fic, in this chapter, in that last one of Sirius. So hot. Mm-hmm. He has the best hair. He has squall hair. Yeah, he does. Which is From so sexy. Fantasy. Yes. Ugh. And his lips. His lips are so that oh, He does have kissable lips. He has Edward Cullen lips. Oh, and then. Okay, so have we talked ourselves to Sorry. death about chapter? We're five? like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the boys are like, I'm on. Let's just stare at this picture longer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dead. because we have to stop. We have we have to talk about the moment in which Mike was proved definitely wrong at the end of this chapter. <laughs> yes, Mike, you missed this. I am giving you a dunce cap at a corner. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't miss it. He wouldn't have missed it. Mike, what did you think? No, I, I didn't miss it. By that point, you guys told me. I know I was looking for it. You know, <laughs> didn't surprise me. But I will say, I think I, I, I sent a message to Jen earlier on. I was thinking it was going to be Peter James because, I don't know, those two are kind of uh, flirting a little bit there. You don't think? I No. <laughs> I just, I, Sorry, I man, I don't see it either. <laughs> I was, I think it's because yeah, I, was I hate. I'm all proud of myself. <laughs> reading between the lines, I'm like, this time I have it. This time I'm going to know else. <laughs> yeah, James and Lily didn't work out, so he got together with Pettigrew, and because of their breakup, that's why he had him killed. <laughs> that's actually. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually. Hmm. That could work, actually. Wow, Gee, that's really bad take already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about 13A. Did y'all, I love how these are split up so we get even more of shoebox because they just make more chapter. <laughs> because there's a lot of drawings in this one though, which I think are hilarious. Which I think is always fun to read because they totally, but now they're saying Mooney, Padfoot, and Sophie has been introduced. I like Sophie. What do y'all think of Sophie? She is a little French tart. <laughs> oh, how I remember. Oh, no, she kind of reminds me of a that I have, but I don't want to say anything. <sighs> Doesn't seem like what? Remus has a crush on her? Or am I imagining that? No, Sorry, Mike. No. 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 Dead silence. Every time I ask a question, it's like five seconds. Like, like what silence. are you picking <laughs> well, I like the one where the, I like the last picture where they're kissing and James is like looking the other way. <laughs> but that one right before it where he's necking her, how sexy is that little picture? He's and I like that he's wearing like a collar thing. 
like a like a dog. It's kind of sexy, actually. Tell us how you really feel about it, Chief. <laughs> 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 well, okay, so Sophie, so do y'all think when I was reading this, I was thinking, you know. I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't think that this was really a slash fake. And, but there were, there were hints and then I would go, oh, well, no, nah, you know, but, um, this, I, I, I read it the first time and I thought, wow, re- serious, you know, cause there was all the rumors that we hear about that he had a different girl every week and blah, blah, blah. He was like a ladies man. But now that I look back and now that I know that it's a slash fake, I read it differently. I read it that he's trying to see if Moody w- will get jealous. Did y'all get that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to prove something too, just like his frequent talk about boobs. Yeah, I was gonna say it's either he's really in denial of his sexual preferences or he doesn't want to like acknowledge it, or it's like he is trying to make uh Remus jealous. So I mean, I don't know. I do think that in Remus's letters back to Sirius, he is like he's doing the required interest you know he's showing enough just enough that a friend would show another friend but like i totally got that he was totally disinterested in in her so he meets her well like he's fake interested in her he's like oh really like he doesn't really care about her at all well he's know that when he actually meets her though isn't there all that stuff like he feels like weird feelings in his stomach or something like that like i i honestly came away that he had a crush on her or like he was at least like a little attractive or if not I think it was just that he was jealous that he wasn't kissing a French tart because everybody yeah, wants one. It says Remus realized that he likes her. He doesn't want to kiss her or suck on her nose like Sirius was doing before. Nor does he want to That's get clumsy weird. around her <laughs> like James or drool in his sleep about her like Peter. But despite himself and against the natural order of things, Remus likes this French girl who has come into his life and stolen his friends. It's, it's mind boggling. Something is wrong with him. He wants her to tell him about France. And then he starts babbling. I, I remember that. I remember it now. Yeah. It's like birds. Birds. Which to me is like the classic kind of like you're stumbling over your tongue because you have the crush on the girl thing. Yeah. That is such a good one. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I just can't stop. Let's have a conversation about France. What part of France are you from? And what he actually spits out is birds. Birds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't stop looking at this picture of the cod piece. <laughs> no, it made me laugh. I love his little notes underneath. I uh-huh. like Dickens. <laughs> I cannot me. draw. This is stupid. The Count of Monte Cristo, serious as the Count Dante. I just love this and Weathering Heights, Kathy. Yeah. Although all of the handwriting looks exactly the same. <laughs> I don't even yes. like Dickens. <laughs> He's got those two little. <laughs> Gap two crutches tiny two. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go on to part B real quick. This is so fun. We did this chapter in Master Fake, and it was freaking hilarious. So if you haven't listened to the Master Fake episode of this, go and listen to it. It is perfect. Is it, what episode is it after, dear? I don't know. If you don't know, don't we can't tell you. <laughs> in one of them, just listen to all of them. You're missing out if you we'll haven't. Put it in the show notes. That's right. It'll be in the show notes. Promise. Okay. Say that, hoping it's not us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh if that makes the episode cut. It's not in the show notes. <laughs> we'll get we'll get PMs and angry IMs from people. <laughs> Where the hell is it? 
You to me, this is vicious liars. Someone will okay. tell us. Someone will tell I us. Like, five Someone, they'll tell us. It wasn't in the they show notes. Gonna- this episode, okay? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will when say, okay. Very quick to tell us when we've made a misstep. <laughs> this is the chapter that I used to get people to read this fic. And I think it's totally worth it because this fi- this chapter, in my opinion, sums up the complete feeling of this fic. It is hilarious. There is nothing that is not like, seriously, when I read it, I can read it five times. And the fifth time, I'm still bubbling with laughter over how funny this chapter is. It, it is the sex talk. I mean, you just have to imagine these, these, these boys. And I say boys because they are, I don't see them as men at all. And they really are boys. And I think it's interesting that their parents wait until they're 17 to give the talk. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I guess my question is, uh, which one of the talks was your favorite? Because I have to say, my favorite is James Potter. <laughs> oh, yeah. James and his mom is the best talk. Yes, I, I like James and his mom. But then again, I played uh, James's mother in Masterpiece <laughs> Theater. And I had, so, I had so much fun saying, sexual intercourse. Over and over and over again. It was hilarious. No, Meg was perfect as the French tart. (laughs) It was so funny. I was like, you need to be more skanky. (laughs) She literally said that like 20 times. And you need to be sluttier. You need to be sluttier. Like, okay. I just worked on that. Sorry. How can I be sluttier over Skype? I don't know. I was like, hey, I, I know. I was like, can you breathe more? <sighs> That's sexy. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> oh my anyway, this is such a great chapter. I love just the, the laughing where the pamphlets, you just can't not laugh when Mr. Potter is giving serious black sex pamphlets. I mean, there you go. That's humor. Yeah, I just like how they're everybody reacts to it differently. Like Ramus yeah. is so fun. I just love Ramus over and over again. No urges. No, no urges. urges. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're like, we I- just were curious, and he was like, "What book? The Star Book?" Or <laughs> <laughs> am I still speaking English, Ramus Palms? It sounds like English to me. Why aren't you listening? No urges. No urges. <laughs> I was crying. I was laughing so hard at that point. Oh my goodness. Let's move on to 14. We've done really well with staying on topic, I think. We're moving right on along. All right. How about one of y'all? How about one of the people who hasn't talked a lot start this chapter off? Because I feel like I've talked a lot. So this was the chapter that I was talking about earlier where there's sexual tension between Remus and Sophie. uh, And Sophie likes Remus and Remus feels weird about her. And there's some sort of weird triangle thing going on there. And I liked a lot how there's all that awkwardness like compared to before when they're going swimming and they're all going naked and James doesn't understand why suddenly uh Sirius and Lupin are all like uh body shy. Which I thought was amusing. Like compared to how their comfort level together in this chapter to their comfort level in chapter eleven. And you realize what a change they've had due to their little kiss and flirting and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. There is, you know. <laughs> the I, I have to agree. Chapter 11. <laughs> I mean, the, the next couple of chapters are more about how everything is kind of shifting, you know? Yeah, they're growing up a little bit. Hey, this is going to sound weird, so hopefully I can make it make sense. <laughs> I'm preparing myself. Yeah, thanks. Um, 
Have you ever had a crush on someone and you knew that they had a crush on someone else? And so you sort of almost had a crush on that person too? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. And I sort of feel like that's Remus's fascination with Sophie. Mm -hmm. Like it's sort of displaced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right, because Sirius is infatuated with her. Obviously, right. there's something so obviously there must be something about her that he's. Right. You know what I mean? Uh huh. I've even gone so far as to try to like be like that person, wear the same kind right. of clothes. Exactly. And like you want to talk to them more. <laughs> yeah, that you want them to be your best friend. And you're just really like fascinated by them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is it that so name? <laughs> Sophie is, I think one of the, like, the, I was like, wow, one of the lines I did a double take is at the end when she's kissing Sirius. And not so much that Sirius says Remus's name while he's kissing her. You kind of expect that. But the fact that she goes, uh, that's so funny. I was thinking the exact same thing. I know. Really, I wouldn't be awkward at all. I'm glad <laughs> that you guys understand what I'm saying. And that's not just some weird thing that no, I have done. It's actually, <laughs> I'm glad that you could talk about it. That's just something I think I've not really thought about or put into words. It's but so pretty weird, though. Definitely have done. <laughs> it oh, yeah. is weird, but that's the, like, I just distinctly feel that when I read well, him being interested in her. And I think it also has a certain way. Like, I knew I had a best friend named Joanna. She's my best friend. And she was one of those extremely outgoing people. She yeah. was one of those, like, she was just, like, innate sexuality like everything about her the way she dressed the way she walked the way she flirted she was just and i felt i was like the short fat friend who just sort of you know followed around and was in another life i was you in another life i'm this is (laughs) well like seriously and like so and so eventually i i lost the weight and like i would dress like her and like but it was never i could never get that sexuality because i'm just this walking klutz and like I'm an awkward, bumbling <laughs> idiot most of the time. And I could never like be. Se- and so when I was, when I would try to be sexual, it would be like the most embarrassing thing you can possibly imagine. And I remember trying to be like, and I know that this is probably the worst example that Meg is trying to explain, but I would, it was always someone who was more sexy. Like it was always, I wanted to be more slutty like they were because that was yeah. how you got, you got the guy. <laughs> no, seriously, I worked at trying this to This all slutty. makes sense. Does it? <laughs> They're being like, be sluttier, just be sluttier. Can't you just be sluttier? <laughs> now I know, Jess. Now. Secrets of your past. Secrets of my past. I, I know what you mean, though. I know what you but mean. But that was more, I think, the more me trying to be, have an infatuation with someone to try to capture their sexuality like i wanted to be one of those ava gardner type grace kelly just walk around and just emanate you know sexiness but i nope i'm such a difference between men wanting to be your friend and then they fall in love with you or them just like jaw dropping yeah exactly exactly it very painful and sad let's not talk about it brings back very i know yeah I think I just want I want a pull installed now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, but I think if any girl has a pole, they automatically feel sexy. A pole? A pole? Like a stripper pole? pole? Like a stripper pole. pole. I want one in my bedroom. 
James What does James say about this? He says that he probably his idea. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, go for it. He <laughs> was like, here's some stripping. Um, you know, like those <laughs> Carmen Electra strip workout videos. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, I'll get those for you. <laughs> like, he was serious. He's like, do you want them? I'll get them. <laughs> he was serious. I'm sure he wasn't complaining. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was, it was so funny. And I don't know what guy's appeal is with the whole pole dancing and, like, the stripping, like, on a chair. Like, seriously, because whenever I try it, like, it is the funniest thing you've ever seen in your <laughs> whenever life. Whenever I try it on the many occasions that <laughs> I know. Like, James is just like, here, let's do something different tonight. And I'm like, okay. Because I'm always up for whatever. But he's like, okay, here's, you know, pretend this is a pole ball. And, like, seriously, I'm, like, bloody-nosed and, like, it's all, like, <laughs> so oh I managed to, like, so knock much. myself out. For like, the night for the ER. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. So we've just gotten to the point where we just don't try anymore. No more well, super pole. But I dream about it. Confidence for something like that. We'll see. Oh, I'm very confident. <laughs> I'm confident to wow. the point of ridiculousness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm proud to damn well admit it. He's probably oh. totally digging it up until the point where you injure yourself. <laughs> I know. Well, no, because I cannot sexy dance. I, I can't dance to save my life. And like, I always end up giggling and then I laugh and like fall on my butt and it's horrible. It's it is really hysterical. Or I get like I get caught up in my clothes. <laughs> like you know, like you wear heels. I guess I wear a lot of clothes. That'll I prevent- cannot stand in in heels, so I like take off my pant with my heels, and no, and then I've got a concussion. And so what? I don't understand. What is the appeal then? Really, <laughs> no, guys, explain it to us. Honestly, explain the appeal of the stripper pole. I can stripper do it. pole. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. Hear it. Well, see, the thing for me, and I, I don't know, Mike maybe can back me up on this if he feels the same way, but it's like the, it's the whole, they're trying, it's like the whole seduction thing. Like every guy likes to be seduced, like even yeah. if it's by his wife or girlfriend or whatever. And the thing about that, well, because to me, I don't like, I don't want somebody that's naked on the pole. You know, they have to have yeah. like some sort of lingerie or something on because. Um, at least for me, like a woman in proper underwear can be more seductive than somebody who's naked already. And it's just, it's oh, part of the whole seduction thing for me. And it just, the way they do yeah. it, they do it right. Makes them, makes you think that they really are into you and like they want you or whatever. And that's, that's all guys really want. I have never understood the purpose of lingerie because it's uncomfortable <laughs> and it's almost impossible to get into by yourself. So I cannot figure out, like, I don't know any girl who can get women, into their own the lingerie. No, seriously, it's like they help you. you. The guy has to help you get into it only to you so you can shut the door and then surprise them. Like, <laughs> it's so stupid. I and then it comes off. Of and, I know. I swear, some of the things, they are complicated as hell. I can, <laughs> like, the corset things. God, no way. Seems if you I have one of those that I wear. Do you? I bet it's sexual. <laughs> anyone who actually um, helps edit a magazine that sells, like, say, women's lingerie, they actually yeah. pick the models based on what's going to appeal to the guys, not the women. Well, that would be smart. Obvious. Unless, yeah. unless the well, lesbian. I mean, 
<laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm saying is that it, it, it's meant, meant for the guys, not for the girls. I know. Well, this leads me back to my ladies' parlor for Christmas. When a guy buys a girl lingerie for Christmas, I'm just shaking my head. Like, that is just not... That is a selfish gift. That's like when James bought me a life jacket last year so that we could go fishing together. <laughs> that is a him gift. That is not a me gift. <laughs> My friend bought his girlfriend an Xbox, so, I mean. Now, that is a ridiculous. good gift. <laughs> fishing she doesn't jacket, even like video games. Xbox. So. Oh, well, X- yeah. What would be the woman's version of that, too, though? The woman's gift to the guy that's really for her. A grooming kit? <laughs> Um, oh, no. <laughs> I, uh, I think Sam's a really great jacket, a leather jacket that matched mine. Um, yeah, I and know. you do that because you want him to because, look Because, honestly, because... James dresses like a five-year-old unless I help him. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. No, he does. He wears scrub. Well, you know, he's he works at the hospital, and so he wears scrubs all the time, and seriously, he just can't drop. He can't. Mm-mm. Yeah. You're so sweet sometimes. I'm just amazed. I know. I have a brutally honest relationship. I've heard, like, the very first Master Fake we did. I don't know if you will remember. <laughs> but, like, James is doing Harry, and Jen's like, no, read the line like this. And I'm like, wow, that sucks. And he's like, well, you should try living with her. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we have a fantastic relationship. But our relationship, I will say, is based. I will say that we were friends for, like, four years before we started dating. Which really helps. I mean, because there's nothing. We get on each other's nerves all the time, but it doesn't. We just have a better sex life for it. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I can't complain. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting to know how good y'all's life was for so I'm glad I didn't have to ask. I know. I know. The public was wondering. <laughs> there you go. They were, you know what, Jen? Honestly, they probably were. I mean, if we're going to get right down to it. <laughs> I know because I just I show so much sexuality. Everybody wants me <laughs> as I trip. <laughs> the rest of, uh, of your stripper pole techniques have been going around the web, and we're trying to see. If we're sure, so. I see there's a YouTube video. I will. I'll, so do, I'll put a YouTube oh, video. <laughs> I'll do it, and I'll dedicate it to Ryan. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> sure Mrs. Huggles love that. I know. Oh, Danielle would probably get in on it. That's hilarious. Danielle. Oh, Lord. That's okay, let's go back to the... What were we talking about? <laughs> I don't get on this tangent. We were talking about sex talks. Yeah. Sex no, talks. No, we were past that. Sorry. Can I, can I tell a sad story that's sort of about what we're... The story? Or the... the <laughs> sort fic, of about rather. the story? Sure. See, no. I never got... Shut up. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I never got, I never got any of these talks. Like I learned everything from like my friends Are you serious? And, from, and from real Same sex here. on HBO. So, I like, had a cousin. <laughs> my mom's a science teacher. That's all I gotta say. I had a cousin. Oh, God. oh my God! I asked my mom in third grade where babies came from. <laughs> I love this. Me everything. Everything. Yeah, I just so wanted I... to know where babies came from, not how they got there. Oh, it was so traumatizing. <laughs> anyway. I remember my own, too, and I remember making some pretty stupid assumptions, too. What do you guys, honestly, I'm Don't curious, fight. because I know the type of talk that girls get. It's like my dad was like, basically, if you come home pregnant, I'm disowning you. But 
you know, I'm sure that the guys, what's a guy talk? Is it the same as the girl talk, like in the logistics part? You mean like a father-son talk? or you Like, do they fresh? actually, I don't know. Like, my mother was extremely scientific. So she used all the words penis, vagina, blah, blah, blah. You know, and she was like, this goes there, and this is what happens, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, and like. Don't be alarmed when this happens. It's perfectly natural. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget, though, the night after my honeymoon, and we were about to get on a cruise ship, and I called my dad, and I was like, okay, we're leaving, and uh, we're going to several different countries, so my cell phone will be off for a week. And he was like, are you okay? (laughs) I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got to cover thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I remember... Okay. I was saying health class. I remember in our health class, the health teacher was kind of lazy because there were other teachers who just got assigned this. So she'd read her book and like let us have free time. And my recollection is in health class, what we would all do is play truth and dare in the back of the classroom. Really? Which I always thought was kind of ironic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. And, I always and what happened? Exactly. Class. You can't end the story there. Well, no, no. Well, it's just, just the usual sort of seventh grade. Jen's like, no, no. Um, yes, you can. <laughs> Twelve and thirteen year old kind of, you know, fooling around sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, you, you, what? You, you don't even get into well, graphic details. Okay, you know, now fine. With right, 13, 14 year old boys, you know, <laughs> I think I was still playing with Barbies until I was like fifteen. Really? Oh, oh wow. Really. Yeah, I know. See, that's the thing. <laughs> to me, these guys seem so like they seem more like they should be thirteen than they should be seventeen. Yeah, I know. But at the same time. They are really like to, I know some seventeen-year-olds, and these boys are more mature than them. So I think it's so really much. hard to pin in the maturity of a boy. Yeah, I think the boys kind of vary more widely than girls do. To be and I think they, they grow up like, a lot more in college. Yeah, I don't I think but, girls I don't are think... mature in different ways. See, yeah, I agree with Mike. And see, here's one thing <laughs> I've noticed about a lot of the girls that I've met is that you'll meet like I'm going to use for example, like you have like a seventeen-year-old girl, whatever. And they'll say that, you know, hey, I'm more mature than the average girl, blah, 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 blah. You know, they'll have this whole front about them. But really and truly, they're really just as insecure, just as all those things that, you know, they're still as immature as everybody else. But they have this front up to try to make them, I don't know. Nice. That's really (laughs) cynical. Well, I think when they say girls grow up a little bit faster than boys, I really do think they're talking about a certain age group. Like when I think it really is like between... 13 and 18, I think girls do mature a little bit. But I think it's also, girls really stop growing in eighth grade. And I think that's kind of, it's also a double standard. I think, like, boys continue to grow, like, physically, they grow longer. And girls stop growing about eighth grade. (laughs) No, I'm serious. And I think that's part of it. Don't you? I remember eighth grade girls. And I'm sorry. Okay. Thinking back. I was a very sweet eighth grade girl. Seriously, when they though, say mature, like, scientifically, if we're yeah. talking about what if men and women at, at age 19, my brain is just as developed as yours is right now. And you're yeah. 23, right? 23. You're talking to me. Okay. Yeah. Mike, how old are you? 20 something? 23. 20. Yeah, you're 23. Okay. Because men's frontal lobes don't firmly, don't fully develop until 21. And women, well, our brains are more developed are by the time that we're, I mean, women had babies younger than men were reproducing. We were pro- reproducing earlier, earlier. Therefore, we were mature earlier. It's not, there's nothing 
it's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with guys. They can be just as mature as girls. It's just that we grasp things differently earlier. That just means we're like wine and we get better with age. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is true. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's really not. But I think it really is more of a physicality saying that is taken a different way. Don't y'all? Possibly. I suppose. I remember fifteen. Years, I remember eighth grade girls being pretty darn immature. In my memory. <laughs> oh, I, I was. I remember the boys being gossipy. pretty That's immature. Anyone here? But my, my husband's 15. immature. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think that a typical fifteen-year-old or fourteen-year-old girl, as I remember, the stereotypical version. There's always exceptions. Would be the sort of gossipy. Giggly, obsessing over like Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic kind of girl. Hold on now, Leo is a fantastic actor. I just want to say that. Well, this is back when I was in like seventh grade. Oh my the gosh, Titanic, Romeo you know? and Juliet came out. I was yeah, one Romeo of those. Juliet and Titanic. I remember all the girls just like. Oh, yeah, Jen, I, Jen and I remember. We were. I we was were, like in girl. love with him when he was on what was that show? Full House. No. Okay, I'm about no. to make a race feel old. I wasn't old enough to see Titanic in the theater. <laughs> So, oh my God! My parents, my parents would not let me see it. So I doesn't happen to me very often, but I feel really dated right now. I feel um, well. We were talking about Saving I, Bell, and she was like, "What?" I was like, "Oh, I, oh no, she." No, I just watch Saved by the Bell all the time after school. You guys, Saved by the Bell, yeah. But um, I, what I was saying was that I snuck over to my best friend Kelly Joe Scott's house, and um, we. We watched the we watched Titanic because she had it on VHS. This is like a year after it came out. Oh, I owned it. It was and, two discs. Uh, it was two discs. I know. And uh, she was, and uh, we watched. We ate a whole bag of Oreos between the two of us, <laughs> and we laughed through the whole scene where he was painting her naked. Oh my god! I know. Did you see her boobies? Did you see her boobies? Uh, <laughs> wow! Sweaty hands in the car. Girls yep. are so cute. <laughs> we I remember seeing that girl. in the movie theater and like. Oh man, how old are you, Jen? Like fourteen? I think I was like 13. what? Titanic? Yeah. No, I was almost and out of. I was in high school, wasn't I? I was twelve, I think, or thirteen. I think I was fourteen when I saw it. Wait, what year did it come out? Seventh grade for me. Somebody can remember now. I want to say well, ninety-seven, right? I was a freshman in high school then. Okay. Oh God. Okay. So well, I remember saying it. I was like, and I was thinking, hmm. You're older than me, Jack? It's different than other movies I have seen. I think we're the... I don't know. How old are you? I'm 20. I'll be 25 next... Oh, see, so you're you're studying seventh grade, ninth grade. Did anybody else find Titanic really funny? Or is that just me? No, I cry every time. What do you remember at the end when, like, the boat's coming up and the guy falls off and he hits the propeller and starts spinning really fast? That is morbid. Yeah. This is like talking about the Holocaust. No. It's not funny. People oh, really died. That's, that's right. Ago. Oh, I that doesn't make it. Like, I went and saw that with my friend, with my best friend. She's been my best friend for like twelve years, and we went and saw that movie together. And she was so embarrassing. She cried like through the whole last two hours of that damn movie. I was like, and she was one of those people that was like, <laughs> and I was like, come on, please. I never would have cried at a movie at that age. See, I remember all the guys in my class, we were all like, we're not going to see Titanic. <laughs> we're too cool for that. Everyone else is seeing it, but we're not going to see that girly movie. That's kind of what we were all saying. See, <laughs> so I, never saw I, have it. Another, 
I have another funny story about that. I can't stop laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> I was going to say. Oh, my. I was in, no, I remember now, I was in like sixth grade, so it must have been five or something when it came out. But like my very first date was was when Titanic was out. And I was like, okay, should I take her to see Titanic or should I go and see Godzilla? And <laughs> Hard choice. Godzilla. I saw Daddy Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a fantastic for you. Movie, but Good job there. Thanks. How'd that work out for you? I should have uh, <laughs> went to Titanic. Okay. Kill Bill, I think, Get is like the shoe box. <laughs> so, but this, see, what I like so much about this conversation is this is exactly what the shoebox is about. Like, this is what it's supposed to inspire, remembering that really awkward age group that we all went yeah. through and being able to laugh at it. Because I remember being in it and it was so angsty and so, mm-hmm. you know. Everything was angsty. Everything was very tragic. Everything was a very yes. big deal. And yeah. now I just laugh because I was such an I was more of an idiot than I am now. So much yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> I just I they keep people keep like my high school roommates keep going. Oh, I wish or high school you know friends keep saying. Oh, sometimes I wish we could go back. I'm like, are you nuts? <laughs> no, I agree with that. Sometimes I miss high school. I like I high school. I like high school too. Ah, uh, the simpler times. Yeah. I liked going and learning my senior year of high school. So fun. I got a question for you guys. You skipped school a lot that year, though. Has, uh, has anyone ever had like a serious, like a beyond serious thing for one of their teachers? What? Oh yeah, I have. Like a college serious. professor. Oh my god, I wanted to date him and other things so badly. And <laughs> I'd say one of the creepiest <laughs> things I've done about being a grad student, a history grad student. Is the sheer quantity of like 50, 60 year old men with 20 year old women. All their grad, they met all of them. They married these creepy, like weird looking guys who marry these hot 25 year old grad students. They go for their intellect. Mm, It's a sexy thing. Oh, please. I I mean, look, I'm not talking married older men, like throughout history, they've married men twice and three times their age. And nobody has. That is at the same. Right. Like, I don't right. actually turn my face. I don't turn my nose up at it at all. Although. Let me give you an example. <laughs> James is four months younger. And so that's not exactly what I had planned. But. <laughs> <laughs> he calls me <laughs> old woman. <laughs> I know. And I'm about to hit my really. I'm about to hit that time. That three month period where I'm older than him. Like, oh. is, uh, my age is different than his. Mm. Oh, that sucks. Pity. I'm sure it'll really hit me when it's like 81. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wish I was still 80. I've always dated older guys, though. No, like, 25 is not young. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm thinking you're halfway <laughs> to 50. Just look at it that now. way. I know. I've seriously, everybody, everybody has been like, what do you want for your birthday? What kind of cake do you want? And I'm like, I just don't want it to happen. I don't want a cake. I don't want. I don't. <laughs> I wish I had some cake for my birthday. I didn't get nothing. Oh, sad. That was good. Nice and happy thought. <laughs> I know. No, I'm serious. Like I didn't even get a happy birthday from my parents until it was like eight o'clock that night, and I was like, "Really? Thanks." <laughs> oh. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> it's pretty much like the worst birthday ever, my 24th. But everybody on the Potterfic Weekly Forum said happy birthday to you. 
And Kate made me a video. Did you guys see that? It was really sweet. Oh, <laughs> the form had better be de- decked out and happy birthday, Chi. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what the hell? It better be for me, too. Jen, too. I mean, Jen, me. Jen, me. Jen's actually coming up. Shh, yeah, I know. So, so, Jen, what do you want for your birthday? Like, from the forums or from your fellow uh, co-hosts? I yeah. want a personalized drawing of Draco in leather. From Leela's first. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, think I don't think none our, of us have that kind of money. You know, she, I think, is doing exactly what I want. Me and she, can I tell everybody? Is it a secret? What sure. we're doing? Go ahead. No, I don't she, care. Mate, we're writing um a dram. How do you say it? Dram, dramione, dramione, dramione. Dramione. Thank you. I know how to spell it. I just can't say it. A dramione smutfic together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it's is. Awesome. It's gonna be the smut of smut, man. It's amazing. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> You've ever and, read amazing smut ever? I know. Yeah. It's gonna be good. And that is going to be my birthday present. It's really funny because Jen will say, okay, I want you to say this. And I'm like, okay. And then I'll type it out and she'll go, okay, like that, but different. (laughs) I know. Is that horrible? I gave him like 10 different words for the word squirm. I know. (laughs) Jen's like, stop. No, stop. No, stop. No, no, stop. Nope. I can't focus now, Meg. We have to use the word menacing now. Yeah. Okay. Menacing somewhere. This is kind of how I want to use it, like this. But y'all, y'all have to wait its debut because seriously, it is going to be so hot. Meg, give us your ten words. Squirm. Go. (laughs) No, seriously. I, I, I was thinking of some something. I don't remember. And like Meg just started giving these words, these words like. Wriggle, like, <laughs> like she just started like popping out words, and I was like, mm, oh, Jen, "I don't think I said quite that." I know. I wow! Wow! Oh God! I'm just gonna say wow a couple more times. Wow! Wow! Uh, wow! I have to make oh, it Okay, let's talk about something else. Wait, Jen. <laughs> I dare you, Jen. Is, is this thing going to go up on the forum? Yeah, it is, right? I hope, maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. She is the main writer. Up. I'm the idea writer. <laughs> no, actually, we're using Chi's idea, and she's writing it. I'm just helping. I, I, to have a <laughs> I, do, uh, I don't know what I call what I'm doing. I don't know. Um, Me and Jen say that sounds really hot. I know. <laughs> we can be uh, well, in there. Co-writing, sort of. Yeah, I it's, suppose. It's like my <laughs> but she's doing all the work. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you guys should support my smut contest then. I think I'll. I will submit my Ramus Lily thing. I was going to write for. Jen oh, please for, for me. Wait, and but I helped with that. I was the plot bunny. Yeah, yeah. I might have to have your help though. Okay, I'd love to. I'd love to. In fact, I will read our smut fic on the podcast when we finish. <laughs> You're going to read it. I will read you it. You will read it. I will read Wait, it. Or maybe Melinda Wait. will read it. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, we want Jen to read it. <laughs> Why? So it can be Hick and Big Al can come out? <laughs> 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 mean. 
And then Once upon a time, there Rangers lived a person named Draco Malfoy. <laughs> oh my gosh, and we have to totally talk about... There's more naked parts in this fic. Let's get to it. They go swimming. And there's even a picture of Sirius looking like Adam. I know. It's hot. Okay, I just want to go ahead and say this. Uh, <laughs> gay, straight, <laughs> no group of men will go out willingly and be upset about wearing pants while swimming. I'm sorry. But I'm this just is lay in that the seventies. Everybody was nude and did drugs and had long hair. Everyone. Oh. Everyone. Really? <laughs> Everyone? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> huh. And they were on drugs. Boy, I wish I was alive in the seventies. <laughs> I think too. I missed a decade. This is why we're going to Amsterdam now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what Terminus is for, right? It's just one big naked revelry. Naked I'm bring, bring my I'm leaf not. outlet when I blow. I was like, no. <laughs> I'm no. Not what it is. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> That'll be my ball gown. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm coming with three leaves. That's it. Uh, three leaves and a bowl. <laughs> sorry, Shannon. I'm so not dancing with you at the ball now. No offense. Sorry. I think that's hilarious. Oh, yes. And I like when when they get the letter that, that James is head boy. Yeah. Poor Remus, though. Yeah, Poor Remus, seriously. I know. Shafted. Just gotta Dude, but be. You guys, I was thinking Dumbledore was purposely trying to set James and Lily up. Like it was kind of him playing matchmaker a little bit. Anyone else get that interpretation? Nope. Especially when they're <laughs> in his office. <laughs> again, no one else. Again. <laughs> I'm being too subtle, I guess. See it, maybe, considering Dumbledore so. turns out to be a manipulative uh, bastard asshole. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Which I totally disagree <laughs> with, which is exactly why I don't think he set up James and Lily. I like this little sentence, though, with Remus, where Remus is like scrambling for the letter. Look, he says, helplessly waving it around. It says right here this is power not to be abused. It is to be taken seriously, James. You're to take it seriously with the utmost expression of maturity. Eight billion points from Snivellus's nose, James howls gleefully. Remus wants to cry. <laughs> I love it. Seriously, it's fantastic. Fantastic. I, know. I, know. I think that Dumbledore would have given it to James as a way for James to prove himself. Sometimes when people have potential and you give them responsibility, they excel. And Dumbledore's smart like that. That's what I think would have been behind it. Puppet master manipulating. When he's, saying, when he's dropping the line about Harry saving Snape's life in front of Lily. And whatever you do, don't tell anyone else about how you saved Snape's life. And then immediately Lily starts paying attention to James. That didn't seem to anyone else like he was kind of purposely getting them to, you know, look at each other and pay attention to each other. No, no one else. No. Well, I mean, but why, why, why would Dumbledore have any interest in, in uh, James and Lily getting together? It's because he kind of exactly. likes the metal. Maybe he's like Trelawney and sees the future. No. <laughs> no, come on, you guys. It's a grassy nuts. I just later like on. that they talk about Benny Goodman. For any music major out there, this is like fantastic because swing is my favorite era. And they who just is, keep talking about, huh? Who is he? Can you tell us for those who Benny don't know? Goodman? Yes. Uh, he, well, just. Just know that Benny Goodman is very famous in in regards to swing music. What yeah. sort of music is <laughs> yeah. like, give me an example swing, of a swing song? Like in the mood, like Glenn uh, Miller. 
Swing dancing, you know, where the girl's flying everywhere. It's real jazzy. Okay. I think I can Yeah, big band, big band. In the mood, but we're going hopping. In the mood, da 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 da. In the mood, da da. Okay, sorry. Well, I think that I'll concede that maybe Dumbledore would have been trying to set them up because he saw something between them, but I don't think it was for any greater scheme than that. Yeah, I don't think it was like part of like a evil mastermind. I just think, like you know, but I don't even think it had. I like. We don't think it would have had anything to do with Harry, obviously. With Henry, or nothing to do with nothing like that. I didn't mean to imply that. Yeah, more just that he thinks like, he that they'd be good like, together. Good couple. So I'm he's playing little matchmaker. Yeah. yeah, he's playing <laughs> matchmaker. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of the dating some... game. <laughs> <laughs> but at James the same the time, like if we think about the Dumbledore that we know now, and he was like heartbroken early on in life. I feel like hesitant to believe that he would have actually been the matchmaker type. Do you know what I mean? I actually yeah. like to believe that he would be more so than I think so anyway. Really? Because well, he didn't interfere he's... with James. He didn't interfere with uh, interfere with Harry and Jenny at all. I think that's more because he knew Harry was probably going to die, or at least might strongly. Well, I think wasn't that after he thought Harry wouldn't die though that Harry and Jenny started? No, right, because that was the whole twinkle in the eye. And got right. on a fire. Right. So and Jenny, uh, Harry and Jane didn't start getting together until uh, half of Prince. So. Look how right. obsessed he is with love, though. He is pretty obsessed mm-hmm. with love. Well, well yeah, but I don't know. I'm just saying maybe he would have been bitter, but I guess maybe Dumbledore wasn't bitter. Yeah. I don't know. I always think of Dumbledore as kind of sad now. Because he, he never got to be with somebody. He has no friends either, really. Yeah. I he mean, and even, even Joe well. said before that being like Dumbledore comes with a certain amount of loneliness. He has no equals is the problem. Right. Right. I don't know. Maybe knowing that he tried to encourage love more. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's more like it. That's what I was thinking yeah. too. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Dumbledore. I like See, Dumbledore. I, like... I still want to keep him. Sorry. I hate him. Like worse than Peter. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah, kind of. That's inexcusable behavior. Well, I don't hate him as much as I hate, like, Rose and Scorpius, but it is close. Close. I know. Horrible person. Wow. That's, like... (laughs) I know. I do feel bad about it, but... I feel like taking point. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I'm not back. (laughs) (laughs) So, I like that they call their pants trousers rather than pants. Does anybody else like the word trousers? We don't use that word enough. It's a nice word. We should really indoctrinate. I like the word trouser, but it makes me think of something really um, bad. Oh, my God. Now I'm thinking about it, too. Are we talking about sex again? What? Trouser snake. Yeah. Every time I use that word, I think that. No, no. Trousers are so, it's such a, it's such a fantastic word. Fantastic. Trousers. <laughs> I, lo- I think my parents still say it, but they still say the picture show, so <laughs> I don't those think are they're going to change. Those aren't jeans, though, right? <laughs> are Trousers parents? are more like uh, slacks or khakis or something, right? I something Does anybody say slacks either? Let me know if it's just bad in Texas, but do people down there say britches still? Britches, yeah. 
We, what? We say that but all Brit- the time. That? But britches Bridget? are like jeans or cac- or, um, are you corduroy. Serious? Oh yeah. my god. I feel like yeah. I'm in the Twilight Zone. I In know. Fact, your I, I, I can't even tell you how many boys I've said that to. Pull your britches up. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh my like, god. Like, like gang members. Why? Is that a bad word? No, it's just like the crazy. Since the 1950s well, in, in, no, that, a, in that exact context, right, with Jen's context of pull up your britches, I've heard that's been said, but that's usually by older people, though. Yeah. At least where I'm well, from. I think there's no really politically way, correct way that a teacher tells a boy to pull their pants up. Yeah, pull your pants up. So I think everyone just up. sort of a, well, <laughs> Robert's the I same think, thing as me. Yeah. I don't know. I think all the teachers at my school said britches. You need to pull your britches up. See, they don't understand. Yeah. They're not from the South like us. I don't know. You guys use the term slacks, you were saying, or you don't use slacks? I never no. say slacks. It's like a foreign word down here. We say slacks. I haven't, I haven't heard slacks, really. Right, Robert? In California, they say pants. They say pants, but there's actually, like, I actually, there are certain pairs of pants I refer to as slacks. Dress pants. Like, well, like, like dress pants. Yeah. I go but it's not, like I would never refer to my jeans as slacks. I'd refer to okay. my jeans as my pants or so. jeans. Or like, jeans. Are, it's just it, you're either wearing jeans or pants or shorts. Britches. Like they're three or different britches. things or britches. But britches, like I said, britches are corduroy or jeans only. You would never no, call, call you would my never dress nice. Pants. What is corduroy exactly? Corduroy it's ugly is what it is. No, I love it. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's. Wow, I don't know how to describe illegal. it. There's lines in it. Okay. I know what you're talking about, those things. But yeah. It's thicker than khaki, yeah, but yeah, not as thick as jeans. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm Where so do we glad get we're on this topic of pants? About pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very important topic. Super well, it just really says a lot about, well, honestly, though, it does really say a lot about different Areas and their dialect, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, never mind. So, shoebox. 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 Yeah, shoebox. I thought we finished the last chapter. Huh. Well, we kind of did. We went to the to the scene with Dumbledore in the, uh, but we didn't really talk about Ramus. I guess we talked about enough about that. Um, we didn't. Did we talk about the Pruitts at all? Not really. And I think it's funny that the Marauders have heroes. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I would think that they would have idols just like anybody else. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So kind of just like Pruitts, but you don't really think of them that way because friend George, brother Peter seem to be particularly bad at Hogwarts. I just don't like talking about Fred. It makes me sad. I can't talk about Hedwig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a owl. Poor Dobby. They murdered him Jeez. unnecessarily. She's a cruel woman. So <laughs> Dobby wants to suffer the child's plushy toy. That's what. So did the uh, did the Hedwood murder happen in shoebox or was that some other story? Did I not? Sure, that's up Okay. I bet it blew up. I bet it's like, have you ever seen one of those movies where like a chicken will get shot with a shotgun and just goes out like in a bunch of crazy feathers? I, I, I can't wait to see the Hedwig death though. in the movie. That'll be sweet. I hope. I hope <laughs> Dad back. Hey, you are heartless. I hope. Heartless. I want to see. I hope it's like a big explosion. And I hope Dan Radcliffe <laughs> has like the one single tear, and then like, that would be great. <laughs> yes, I the, see the, fall. The slow motion. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Wouldn't that be so funny? See, no. I need a doctor. <laughs> it's morbid. 
<laughs> okay, oh. I really want to talk about the Pruitts. Get in and Okay, they are like the coolest guys ever, and I love that they have the Secret Adventures, the book, like the Marauders map only for the previous generation. I okay, so when they meet him, how funny is that? How cute is it when they meet them at the motorcycles? Is and I like the the uh, Sirius and James meeting them versus Lupin meeting them. It's a kind of nice uh, offset there. I just think this was one of those chapters that I read that was just generally enjoyable. But nothing was like, oh, my God. Like, this scene's, or parts of this chapter's not from um, the Marauder's viewpoint. They switch to uh, Pruitt's viewpoint at some point, don't they? So we see what they're thinking of um, James and Sirius. <laughs> they kind of tumble out of the bushes. I think it's. I think that they see in these two kids a bit of their past selves. And I think also that they're a little bit of the future for James and Sirius. Like, they have, they have this sort of mischievous past, but now... The implication is they're kind of leading the fight against Voldemort in secret. And that's kind of like, this is what James and Sirius are going to be like in four years. Well, I think it's very poignant. I don't, I think that this chapter is so more important because of future chapters of what happens. Like I'm thinking of one chapter in particular, um, that we haven't got to yet that the, these show up and the fact that they, you see them so lighthearted and so funny and young here and later on, they're not the same. They had to mature. And it just makes it like we're starting to get in the... This is like, I think, the last chapter before things start... I'm using the, the term folding because I think you always have to have a base before you fold a layer on top and then things start becoming onion-like. This is like the last Average chapter. Bite. Right. This is... They're still laying down. Oh, here's all the characters. And then, then the next chapter, something starts to happen. So let's do final thoughts on this, and we will close for tonight. Chi, <laughs> final thoughts on these chapters. Um, I love them, <laughs> and I, uh, I just, I like, I like. This is the part where the story really starts to get good, and they start to show their writing chops from here mm-hmm. on out. That's what I like. Well, I have to agree with Chi that eleven was my favorite ch- chapter so far. Yay! Um, I really, you know, as much as I said that I saw a lot happening with uh, with Remus and Sirius in that chapter, I loved it. I loved every minute of that. I thought that was great. It was so, I mean, I, I feel like it was hinting, like Jen says, I read everything with a wink, but I really feel like it was <laughs> hinting. In the best way. <laughs> I don't I, know. I, I, I know you don't. But I think that it was so subtle, even still, even if you know what's going to happen, it was really sweet and really subtle and it does it. I mean, it could, it could just as easily be in a fic and not end up, I think that way. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. But I like it that it does go that way. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I like it that. Does. And obviously I liked the sex talks. <laughs> Rob? As well. You're, yeah, you're it, so, yeah. You're somewhat new to this story. You've had a lot to catch up on in the past couple of days. Yeah, in fact, I tried to jam the majority of it in today, so this has been a very <laughs> shock-centric day for me. Um, the focusing on these chapters, um, I have to say that of all the stuff that happened, my favorite thing from it definitely had to be the sex talks, which was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I guess I've been, I, I was fortunate enough to not have to go through that. Um, uh, yeah. It's been really great. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've heard a lot about Shoebox. Um, 
in the past and I just never got around to reading it. So I'm, I'm glad that I've finally had the opportunity to sit down and start getting into this wonderful story. Are you happy with it? I mean, is it exceeding I, your... I really like it. I It's living up to what I've heard about it. And um, so... It does get better. Are the, uh, yeah, see, no, are I the know. Next, are the next few chapters the chapters that are my favorite? You know which ones uh, are mine. With the thingy that is happens. The next, yeah, the thingy that happens. Yeah. Yeah, so we all, I believe so. I've, the next set of chapters are the heavy chapters. The heavy, oh God. Okay, uh, let's continue though. Mike? Well, this was also my favorite section so far that I've liked I've liked the, the story from the beginning, but this was really the first part where when I finished, I really wanted to read ahead and I had to stop myself from going on <laughs> to the next chapter. So, uh, no, it's definitely picking up. Um, and I was trying to pay real close attention to all these like, subtle hinting things which apparently no one else got it was all in my head but uh (laughs) (laughs) so are they really hints oh yeah so apparently maybe they're really 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 subtle hints that only my superior (laughs) your radar is just really sensitive and a little off (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) when i first started reading shoebox um, yesterday um, at first, <laughs> at first it was really depressing. I was like, wow, I am not entertained at all right now. I mean, I wasn't, and Ryan was just like, you're stupid. Keep reading. So I was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep plodding along and it gets, it starts to get better. Like these chapters, particularly like in, in 12, 11, 12 and 13, it's starting to pick up and becoming interesting. Now, usually to be completely honest, if I didn't get, you know, interested by chapter three or four, I wouldn't have picked it up. So I was kind of coerced into doing so, but it's getting better. So I, I am enjoying it now. I think it, it's a certain type of fake. And I think you actually have to, I don't know. I was captured by just the, the creativity of it, of chapter one. And by three, I think I was just so impressed by the, the sheer difference of it than any other fake I'd read that I continued with it. Not necessarily because it was good or it was bad, but because it was uncomparable. Right. I completely agree. And I, th- I really like the writing because it, uh, well, I don't know how to say this, but after reading a year like none other, where you read about <laughs> every little thing that happens in the day all the time, <laughs> then you go to this and it's so sort of fast. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it jumps. I don't know. It, yeah. When you're reading a chapter, it goes really fast because it's so quick and the, conversation i love that there's so much dialogue but it is a very dialogue oriented uh-huh i and for me i think even the rare few times i've tried to write i always like dialogue i always liked writing dialogue as opposed to describing this that and the other thing and i love that in this fic that there's so much interaction between the characters yeah yeah it's very much a style i enjoy reading and writing Exactly. When I when I write, there's not much description. It's very boom, 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 boom. And I I I write what I like to read. So this is very well, very good. This mm-hmm. is a fake that I would love to have on audio. I would love to hear an audio play of this yeah, fake with actual full actors who would really commit to the project because mm-hmm. it would take a hell of a long time. But I think this would be so fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I just love it anyway. I agree. I think so. And I, I mean, would listen to it, you know? Yeah. It, but if, if the actors were good enough, you can't just read this, you know? Because mm-hmm. I had my computer, I tried listening to, um, the chapters today on my com- with my computer Ugh. talking. And no. it, it totally is in delivery. And I think that if you don't, it's hard to read this fake if you don't have a sense of humor yourself. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Because you can't, you have to place things just right to get it. And I think it takes a lot of intelligence to write something like this, much less read it, you know, because you miss so much. But my views on the chapter where I I have to admit that the sex talk is definitely the top on my list. Um, But I really love the interview chapter about the future. Yeah. And uh, I really liked that what what we saw of Lily in that chapter because I don't think we see a whole lot of her, but I yeah. liked her how she comes across. Yeah, I think they captured the characters so not even spot on. These are the characters I would rather read about. I think just like Chi, these are the characters I wish were canon, mm-hmm. and I think that's the appeal. And I think that was what was the appeal to me to um like after the end serious and that kind of thing. I liked how they wrote those characters better than in canon. And I think it's fix like this that inspire me to continue the search for good fix. Yeah. You know, they take characters that I love and they work miracles on them (laughs) and create a new character that I couldn't have imagined being more perfect. I especially agree with that as far as serious goes in this fic. Yeah. Totally swooning. Totally Mm -hmm. swooning. Like, I can't imagine McGonagall not Doing being softened, softened oh. up by that, at the very least, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's such a force. Yeah, he really is. He comes in and he's just very... But it's also mm-hmm. so strange because I think Sirius, I think, has a certain uh, insecurity about him, which he he overshines with eagerness. He just bounds around, but he's really just like this hurt little boy. Yeah. Well, he wants attention. Right. Oh, yeah. He needs exactly. it. And it's sad if you look at it from that viewpoint, I think. Yeah. But That's all like, of these boys, all of these boys of have major people. issues. Well, yeah. Yeah. one of doesn't have a major issue yet, but his, I think, is one of the most poignant that any of them have because it affects all of them. Yeah, it, it definitely yeah. is. When James's Stop issue comes to sorry. light, that kind of is, that kind of rocks everybody's world. So, oh, yeah. They all kind of wake up and go, oh, oh, yeah. Which is the one that has, James is the one that has no issue yet, is what you're saying, but he has an issue. Well, James at the moment, he's the guy that everybody goes to their house. He's got the parents who are loving and supporting that everybody wants. He is rich. He's got the looks. You know, he's got the best friends. What doesn't this boy have besides the girl that he wants, but he's pining over her and he'll get her eventually, we all know. So the issue from your viewer, like Remus Werewolf, Peter Creepy Mother... Serious well, Peter, look at his childhood. Look at the way he interacts. He has no social skills. He's not smart. He has nothing individual-like. Yes, Remus, obviously the werewolf issue, the fact that he has muggle upbringing somewhat. You know, he's an outcast. And he's so much more mature than the other boys. He That puts him, he stands out a little bit because he can't totally relate with them and they can't totally relate with him. And I mean, look at Sirius. God, he grew up wanting you know, his parents wanted him to be the next Dark Lord, and you know he got kicked out of his house. And I don't know if that's happened yet. I don't think so. But it has, isn't it? Yeah, it has. He, he, yeah. Oh, it has. He ran away at sixteen. I mean, he obviously has emotional issues. He's lonely and desperate for someone to just pay the slightest attention to him, and for someone to give him that feeling of family that. He obviously longs for, but can't quite grasp because anywhere he goes will never be home, really. Exactly. You find why he gets kicked out exactly. I mean, I obviously we know it's the whole, you know, he's in Gryffindor, he's against the right Is it this? I'm trying to think. There is one scene that I read in fan fiction. I thought it was this story, but I can't remember where he just shows up at James's house one night. 
I mean, obviously, I there's some. I don't guess this is fake. I don't think it's this one. I know what you're talking about, though. He, it, it, he, it was like Christmas or something, and he ran yeah. away. And he, James doesn't know. Like he wakes up, James takes care of him the next day or something. If y'all find that fake, hand it my way because I've been looking for it forever, and I have no idea what it is. Okay. Well. Should we all say goodnight and maybe we can start working on our smut a little bit? <laughs> I think that would be a good idea. That would be so fun. Meg, okay. are you in? Oh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a girl fun thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> think about talking about Draco and the way he, anyway. Oh, he's oh, got to okay. come in. We got to get him in tonight in the room. Oh, oh, in the room. Right. okay well it was fun everybody and we will see y'all next week all right bye guys bye we'll just be glad the four track was broke that day because you grabbed a guitar and i heard you say that the top of the pops better get ready for the new hit single from the Weasler goes from there.